From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, well, welcome back to uh, another uh, podcast of The Revealing. Uh, we're so happy that you uh, have chosen to tune in and listen. Uh, we certainly hope that uh, you are uh, getting something from these, uh, these episodes. Uh, you know, one thing that I would uh, encourage, uh, if, you, uh, if you're listening to an episode, you, you're hearing some things we have to say, and you're going, man, I really wish they would have said this, or I really wish they would explain that better, or I have a question about this, or, or something to that matter, we, we encourage you to go to our website, um, onebaptistjacks.world, and uh, we have a link there where you could, uh, you could uh, you know, go to, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it's info at onebaptistjacks.world or something like that on our website. Yeah. And you could, uh, you, you could uh, send us questions, and, and we certainly will, uh, will uh, find space to, uh, to, to, to go ahead and answer them. Uh, so uh, please do that. Uh, obviously, if you're living in Jacksonville, uh, you could probably do something even better. Uh, you can come visit us. Uh, just hop to our website there, and uh, we're obviously in transition right now of uh, moving into our own place. Uh, so uh, you're going to definitely want to go onto our website and catch that address. But we would love to have you come visit us, and and maybe we could talk in person. Uh, that would be uh, certainly a, a a great thing. Uh, so okay, so today I'm here with uh, Pastor Robert Engel. What's up, Robert? Hey guys. Hey Frank. And, uh, and with Christopher Wing. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, doing okay. Okay, are you guys doing all right? I'm all right. I'm all right. right. Yes, sir. So uh, we're talking about a pretty uh, uh, interesting subject. Mm. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion on this subject, uh, no doubt. Definitely. Uh, but I do think that this subject is uh, very, very important to make sure we get a grasp on, uh, and 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 really nail down. So we certainly want to take space to do that. Uh, we're going to probably do this in uh, hopefully two episodes. This uh, episode we'll talk about. Uh, the kingdom of heaven, uh, and then the next episode we'll talk about the kingdom of God and making sure that we understand that these two terms are not used interchangeably in the Bible, uh, that they're actually two separate kingdoms. Uh, one thing you need to know about the Greek uh, is that the Greek is very precise. Uh, I had the pleasure of studying Greek. Um, I would not... Uh, uh, Good pleasure or bad pleasure? Yeah, I would not offer that up to anybody <laughs> yeah. as something that you I, might want to do. I know who uh, your teacher was, uh, he, yeah. yeah, so I can imagine. And, and by the way, very good teacher. Oh, yeah, uh, very taught smart. very well, uh, but <laughs> whenever you're learning a new language, uh, it's uh, obviously uh, a, 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 you know, a time-consuming uh, prospect. And uh, although I am thankful for doing it, uh, the one thing I do know about that uh, Koine Greek, and what we're talking about Koine Greek, we're talking about biblical Greek. Uh, is that it's a very precise language, and if God wanted these two terms to be interchangeable, he just would have used the same term. Uh, he did not, uh, so therefore we have to take uh, uh, credence to that. Uh, the kingdom of, of, of heaven, uh, that right there uh, obviously uh, denotes a place. The kingdom of heaven is a place, where the kingdom of God uh, isn't a place, it's a person. So right there tells us there's something different about these two things. Uh, again, uh, the other thing you might want to take note in when you're talking about these two terms is that the kingdom of heaven, uh, unbelievably, is only found in one book in all the Bible, and that is the book of Matthew. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask yourself, well, if it's interchangeable, why don't you find it in other 
uh, uh, places in the Bible and why is only the kingdom of God found in other places. Uh, and those are some of the things that we're going to be talking about over the course of these next couple of uh, podcasts. Uh, so as we kick this thing off, uh, I think what uh, the, the, the best way to approach this, if we can, is, you know, maybe let's uh, consider uh, the end, if you will. And probably the most uh, important verse that we make sure we understand on this subject is found in Isaiah 9. Uh, and it's uh, verses 6 and 7. Uh, we uh, quote that verse often at Christmas time, uh, but there is some more to this verse that we really want to pay attention to. Uh, so I'm going to just go ahead and uh, I'm going to read uh, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And of course, we know that child is Jesus. And, and the government shall be upon, be upon his shoulder. And his name, now, now, now notice what Jesus' name is going to be called, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Wow. Wait a minute. I thought Jesus was the son. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. And I love this. Just in case you think God was playing around, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that term, Lord of hosts, that is a military term. Whenever you see that in, the, in, 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 your, in your King James Bible, uh, you're talking about uh, something that uh, what God's going to do at that point is he's going to have some kind of destruction going to come along with uh, how he's going to perform this. And, and, and at the end of the day, when this is all said and done, what, what we're talking about here in Isaiah 9 is the kingdom of heaven. It's a literal physical kingdom where the child that's born, the son that's given, is going to sit on the throne of David, uh, which it says in this passage. And it's from that throne, he is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God and the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It's from that throne, his government is going to be established. It's from that throne, his kingdom and his judgment and his justice are going to uh, uh, be uh, executed uh, forever. And so from an Old Testament uh, perspective, it's, it's very, very important that we understand that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father now. There's a time coming when he is going to return to planet Earth and establish his millennial kingdom where he is going to sit on a physical, literal throne in Jerusalem. He is going to physically return to this earth. And then he's going to sit on the throne. And then uh, we're going to move into that thousand-year reign uh, that uh, is spoken about in Revelation chapter number 20. Uh, This whole thing is tied up to, into and, and, and understood through the concept of the kingdom of heaven. And so uh, that's why we want to make sure we really get a grasp on what this term means. Now, we're not going to speak very much about the kingdom of God in this episode because we're going to do that in the next episode. Right now, what I really want to do, guys, is let's really turn our focus 
and our attention uh, to the kingdom of heaven. And, and what we're going to uh, attempt to do here is try to give you uh, all the verses that clearly state uh, that uh, this physical kingdom where Jesus is going to reign from uh, is, is, is coined with the term that Jesus uses, or uh, excuse me, that Matthew uses as the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so maybe uh, what we could do is uh, we could turn it over to Chris. And uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead, and, and I know you want to kind of bring us back to maybe some Old Testament stuff to kind of start putting this, uh, the pieces of this puzzle together. Okay, so what was interesting about something you said uh, when you read those verses from Isaiah, um, and then you started talking about how in that kingdom there's going to be a throne, and he's going to, Jesus is going to sit on that throne. And I think it says in those verses, it talks about, yeah, upon the throne of David is specifically is what it says. So just to just maybe start us off on reading some Old Testament verses to go along with what is said there in Isaiah about this particular kingdom, how it's the throne of David that Jesus is going to sit on. So if we went back to the Old Testament in 2 Samuel, uh, particularly uh, verse uh, chapter 7 and verse 16 and 17, we can see how this particular kingdom uh, and this particular throne was covenanted to David to begin with for Jesus to be uh, able to sit on that throne of. And so in verse uh, 16 and 17 of Second Samuel chapter 7, it reads, And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. He was prophesying that kingdom that was going to come through David would be everlasting and it would be forever and there would be a throne in it. And Chris, what was was that? If we're going to look at things from a uh, timeline aspect, uh, is that throne that was promised to David uh, is that still standing today? It is not right now. It will be, but, but, the, but the, the, Bible, the covenant but the, is. But the Bible said yes that it would be established forever. It. So, we well, that means there's no one sitting on that throne so right now. A, we have a conundrum right now. Yeah. Either God's a liar, <laughs> or, or or God plans on doing something here. Yes, he Yet to be. Does. So his attention will go back to Israel, mm-hmm. as we've been saying all along. And do you know, Chris? I, I don't know if you're going to go here or not, but I'm just uh, maybe maybe I'm leading you to wherever you're going to go, anyways. And if that's the case, then we're 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 speaking the same thing. We're on this, we got the same mind. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but uh, <laughs> when did David's throne cease? Um, not sure where you're going with that. Well, uh, so it, it was promised to David that his asto- his throne would be established. Okay, but if there's no throne standing today, that means there must have been a time in history uh, where that throne ceased. Babylon in 606 BC okay. came right in 606 BC. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire took over the northern kingdoms of Israel. Mm-hmm. That was where the ten tribes had gone to because the the the, the uh, uh, after the death of Solomon, the kingdom split into two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you split into a northern kingdom of Israel and a southern kingdom of Judah. That was the Solomon s- and Jeroboam, right? Right. Uh, uh, Jeroboam and Ro- right, Rehoboam. Rehoboam, right. right. And so, uh, in 606 BC, the northern kingdom was taken over, and then in 587 BC, uh, Conaniah uh, was the, uh, the the final uh, king of uh, of Judah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when uh, Nebuchadnezzar took over that uh, that uh, the southern kingdom of Judah in 587 BC, 
the throne was usurped, and and there has not been a king to sit on a on a on the throne of Israel since 587 BC. So obviously, uh, that's important. Uh, 587 years later, uh, a, a Jewish carpenter boy was born in Bethlehem. Uh, he was a baby when he was born, obviously. And, and uh, he was to sit on that throne. Uh, but did he? Not at that time. Why? It, that wasn't the reason why he came the first time. Right? And, and the Jews had rejected him. Mm-hmm. And so by the Jews rejecting right. um, uh, uh, Jesus and nailing him to a cross, ultimately what they rejected mm-hmm. is their Messiah. They rejected their king. Uh, they rejected uh, their kingdom. Hence the reason why the kingdom has been put on hold. So that's why you see going into Matthew, when, it's, when John the Baptist comes on the scene, he says, repent for the kingdom is at hand. Because kingdom of the kingdom of heaven, heaven was being offered to the nation of Israel. I think you're referencing Matthew 3, 1 and 2 right now. Yeah. Yep. And then when Jesus came, uh, just behind John the Baptist in Matthew 4, uh, Jesus, if I recall, says the same thing. Mm-hmm. He says... Uh, for, the, for that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? Because when Jesus came, he was presenting the, uh, the physical, literal kingdom where he was going to sit on the throne to the Jews. Mm-hmm. Did the Jews accept it? They did not. They did not. Yep. And that's why, uh, as you're going through the Gospel of Matthew, when you get to about uh, Matthew 13 uh, after the Jews uh, start to attribute the works of Jesus to uh, the, uh, the devil, uh, Jesus starts turning his attention uh, to parables and he starts speaking about this mystery kingdom that's going to be revealed. And those are those seven kingdom parables uh, that he speaks of in, in Matthew chapter number 13. 13 yep. And what he's now revealing is the kingdom of God. God. And so very, very important to understand everything we just said. <laughs> and it's even more interesting is that the, the rejection of Israel was threefold. Okay, mm-hmm. so first they rejected John, John's ministry, John the Baptist, and he would have been a representation. He, if they would have accepted, this is what goes off of what we were, are we talking about in our last podcast, had they would have accepted his ministry, he would have been in the spirit of Elijah, and that day of the Lord would have began, which would usher in that kingdom of heaven, which would have been brought. But they rejected him, and then they killed him. And then Jesus comes, obviously, during because that's what John prepared the way of. And, of course, they obviously rejected Jesus. And then they did what, what to him? They crucified him. And then when you get to Acts chapter 7, there is the final rejection of the nation of Israel for this kingdom that is offered one final time from Stephen. And then what did they ultimately do with Stephen? They rejected him and had Stone. him killed. So every all three times when and, the kingdom and, and was offered, was, Stephen was filled with the, with the Holy Ghost. So they rejected the Father. Yep. They rejected the Son. The Son. And the Holy Ghost. And I believe Jesus has a, uh, a point there in his ministry where he says, if you reject me, you'll be forgiven. But if you blaspheme the, the Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost right. you won't be forgiven. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that's what he was talking about. That unpardonable sin. Mm-hmm. And so that was the final third stage of the rejection. They killed all three, the nation of Israel, rejected the kingdom of heaven, and so that got put on a hold. 
we entered into the church age. And, and it's interesting that when you were saying that the kingdom parables and he, he started talking in parables because that was where they were finally rejecting him. And so he started talking in parables. But he also started doing something interesting then. He started turning his attention to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. which w- when he starts talking about the kingdom of God. And so that'll come become relevant when we talk about the kingdom well, of that, God. And when you get to Acts chapter 8, mm-hmm. right, Philip comes on the scene. Right. And miraculously, he comes on the scene preaching the kingdom of God. God. Uh, and then, of course, chapter 9, some guy by the name of Saul mm-hmm. comes on the scene who is the uh, apostle to the Gentiles. Gentiles, and he's preaching the kingdom of God. And what's interesting is in Acts chapter 8 is the first time you see the word gospel and the word uh, the term kingdom of God mentioned, so it, the, the everything changes. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Very interesting. So he did offer the kingdom to the nation of Israel. That was a covenanted kingdom uh, to David. We saw that in Second Samuel chapter 7. You also see it again in First Chronicles chapter 17 and verse 14, which says, But I will settle him in mine house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forevermore. And then when you go to Psalm 89, verses 3 through uh, 3 and 4, and then later in that chapter, you see like a fulfillment of that kingdom as well. So it was covenanted to David for Jesus to sit on that everlasting throne in the Old Testament, for sure. You guys' thoughts? Um, so, so basically, uh, kind of how we're we're summarizing it is that the the kingdom of heaven, as opposed to the kingdom of God, uh, based on Isaiah nine sixty seven, but Matthew, where the kingdom of heaven is, is presented thirty three times in thirty two verses, um, which again is a gospel written to the Jews uh, that talks about Jesus being the king. The Messiah, the King of the Jews. Um, when we put all that together, we conclude that the Kingdom of Heaven is a literal, uh, a physical, a governmental, a Davidic Jewish kingdom promised throughout the Old Testament. Right? Chris just went through all that, um, and through the Gospels, especially Matthew, uh, to the nation of Israel and to the nation of Israel only. Right? So when we're reading those those kingdom parables in Matthew, for example. We can take some devotional principles from them, but we we cannot, nor should we, uh, apply doctrinal application there, right? Um, so it is to the nation of Israel where Christ will rule and reign over all the earth uh, from his physical throne in Jerusalem. Okay, How, but a question that, that I would ask for our viewers and maybe some are ask, our viewers, no one's watching us. <laughs> They're listening to us uh, for our listeners. Maybe one day we'll have viewers. Who knows? But for our listeners, is um, why is it called? Maybe we can talk about this for a minute. Why is it called the kingdom of heaven if it is a physical, literal, earthly from Jerusalem king and kingdom on a, on a throne? Um, maybe we can talk about that because you know most Christians, when reading through their Bibles, um, think of heaven as well. God dwells in heaven. So, 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 can we kind of unpack that a little bit? Mm-hmm. So, a couple things that you, we need to understand if we're going to try to unpack all that is there is actually three kingdoms. Okay, you have uh, the kingdom of heaven, uh, which we have we're, we're talking about right now. Uh, we're 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 really trying to hone in on the fact that it's a physical, literal kingdom where Jesus is going to rule from uh, on the throne of Israel. Then you have the kingdom of God, which we'll talk about next time, and that that particular kingdom is uh, uh, in 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 people, mm. okay. And then there's also the kingdoms of this world, 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, we could go to things like Second Corinthians 4, 4, where Satan is the god of this world right now. We could go to uh, uh, Matthew 4, uh, where, where, where uh, Satan is uh, tempting Jesus and he offers the kingdoms of this world to, to, to Jesus. Right. Uh, so um, understand that uh, if we're going to go way back into the garden, mm-hmm. way back to the Garden of Eden, all three kingdoms at that point in time were together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't until after the fall of uh, uh, man that those three kingdoms separated. And uh, the kingdom of heaven is a is the jurisdiction of of God being the um, uh, sitting on the throne leading his people. Uh, the, the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. Mm-hmm. You cannot see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a spiritual kingdom, and I believe uh, uh, Jesus says to Nicodemus, uh, you know, that's why we need to be born again so we can see the kingdom of God. Uh, and then, of course, the kingdoms of this world is uh, our physical world yeah. uh, where, uh, you know, God isn't necessarily uh, uh, king over. Um, and, and matter of fact, uh, right now, uh, Satan is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when uh, ultimately Jesus returns at the second coming, what is effectively going to happen is he's going to bring all three of those kingdoms back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence the reason why when Jesus came the first time, you see all that spiritual stuff going on mm-hmm. because those three kingdoms were coming back together. Uh, and if, if the Jews would have accepted Jesus as Messiah, then all three of those kingdoms would have come back together. Yeah, uh, Man, this isn't the scope of, of our ability to really start to dig into this as much as we could biblically, uh, but uh, hopefully that's enough to at least get people thinking, yeah. uh, hey, you know, maybe as I read my Bible, I got to start separating and trying to see how God separates these three kingdoms. Yeah, and the reason I wanted to ask that, um, and kind of my thought there, is, and maybe we can talk about this or not or whatever, but the reason I wanted to, to ask that is because um, the Bible is not from our vantage point. Uh, from, from God's vantage point, um, it, it's all about His glory, obviously, but but uh, it, it, everything is centered on Israel, does it not? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, Israel, without question, is the epicenter. Okay, so there's that. And then... Uh, is it Psalm 148 that talks about the three heavens? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's Psalm 148. Mm-hmm. So there's three heavens, and just because it says heaven, well, there's a first heaven, a second heaven, and a third heaven. Um, and so from God's vantage point, the kingdom of heaven, uh, um, Jesus will be on that throne in Jerusalem, um, and, and, and that kingdom of heaven will belong to the Jews. Being a, It's an earthly kingdom a physical kingdom it's not the spiritual one right so so i guess i'm just kind of just thinking through uh, uh, hopefully for maybe for some of our listeners who are thinking this or wondering this uh don't be thrown off because it says kingdom of heaven that that means it's, it's a spiritual kingdom because we think of heaven as a spiritual place that's kind of what i wanted to kind of clarify well heaven heaven uh you know listen there was a time when heaven was on earth yeah uh and you know that's I'm sure that's going to come to a major shock to many people who are listening right now. Um, hence the reason why God had to split uh, the, the earth into, into three, uh, or the heavens, uh, into three different uh, 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 pla- places, if you will. There's three heavens mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's probably a subject for a different time. Yeah. Uh, and if you're listening right now, 
you might be going, oh, these people are nuts. Uh, I would just say, don't be, 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 just hold on a minute. Second uh, Corinthians 12 certainly talks, you know, Paul, Paul talks about how he was taken to the third heaven. So just so you see that uh, the Bible certainly talks about uh, a third heaven so that if there's a third heaven, there must be a first heaven and a second heaven. Well, what's all that all about? Uh, so we're, we're not as crazy as you might think. Um, but, but I would say that, um, uh, you know, we got to be, although heaven's a place, uh, heaven isn't necessarily uh, uh, up in the sky somewhere out of our, you know, the third heaven is right now. Right. I would buy that. The second heaven is, uh, but the first heaven is the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the things we can observe. Yeah. So we can see the first heaven. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, again, uh, it is a, a, a uh, it, is, it is important to understand that the kingdom uh, of heaven is a physical kingdom. Yeah. Now, where the opposite comes into play is the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. Uh, it is everything spiritual. We can't see it. Uh, and, uh, you know, now that, by the way, is the answer to, uh, you know, people go, well, wait a minute. How come there's over in Matthew I can read the kingdom of heaven and then I can read almost the exact same thing over in Luke and it says the kingdom of God. So obviously it's interchangeable. No. Different perspective. Different perspective. Over in Matthew, they're talking from a physical aspect to the Jews. Well, you can have the same perspective uh, when God's talking to his church in a spiritual in the spiritual realm. Why? Because ultimately, these three kingdoms are going to come back together. And, and w- would it also be fair to say that some aspects of the kingdom of heaven are parallel to the kingdom of God? Oh, no doubt. So, so, so I mean, Jesus knew what he was talking about. Sure. There was no mistake or, you know we could just substitute that word because they are different. Yeah. But I think that there's a, a, a verse that I'd like to read that, that just gives us a kind of the defining characteristic that it is a physical kingdom it, because you read in Matthew 11 yeah. and verse 12, mm-hmm. it says, and Jesus is speaking, it says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence yeah. and the violent take it by force. That can only be done with something that is actually a literal physical kingdom. Sure, because if, if, if the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same, Okay, and let's just play this thing out. And let's say the kingdom of God uh, is 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 in me, kingdom of heaven's in me. If if that's because there's no doubt, uh, what is it? Romans fourteen twelve says that the kingdom of God is within you. Mm-hmm. Um, it says uh, it's righteousness. Fourteen seventeen. Yeah. Fourteen seventeen. Okay. Yeah. So so yes. there's no doubt the kingdom of so so the question would be, is could somebody violently by force take that out of me? No. Therefore, we have to conclude <laughs> that there's something different about the kingdom of heaven because it can be taken by force and the violent can take it. Well, the only thing you can take by force and take it violently is something that's physical. Mm-hmm. You can't take them something that's spiritual by force. And so, uh, yes, Chris, that's a, that's a very, very, very important verse uh, on this subject. Yeah. And make sure that uh, you don't just gloss over that verse uh, because you've got to do something with that verse if you're going to try to make the two kingdoms the same. Yeah, and that's good. And the ramifications of understanding the difference here is understanding which kingdom that we're citizens of and that we're serving and that our mission is 
to be about. Mm, yeah. Because if we are thinking of the whether we realize it or not, if we're thinking of the kingdom of heaven or a physical kingdom, well, well, there's your social gospel where we are going to try to bring in, so to speak, the kingdom, and we're trying to just solely focus on meeting people's needs or things are going to get better and all of this type of all these shenanigans and there, there's no spiritual emphasis uh, with the, the the word of God and the souls of men and evangelism and discipleship, and we're just focused on the physical. Well, we're focused on a kingdom, but it's not the right. It's not our kingdom as born again Christians, mm-hmm. and so we're not only going to uh, wrongly divide the word of God, um, but we're going to be living for the wrong thing, and we're we're completely miss that that ours is we are part uh, of the kingdom of God, uh, where we are to pour the word of God into the souls of men and, and spiritually spread a kingdom, not physically spread a kingdom. Well, and, you know, here's the thing, right? So stop and think about, like, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, the Roman Catholic Church has, has run away with this whole Matthew 6 prayer uh, when Jesus teaches us to pray. Uh, you know, here's here's where the, the the Roman Catholic Church unfortunately has taken a very very wrong turn. Uh, they've taken a wrong turn in a lot of things, but yeah. here's here's one area. You know, they they believe and they they will teach what we might call amillennialism, mm-hmm. and what that basically means is is that the church is ruling here on earth now. Jesus is ruling through his church now. Well, uh, no. <laughs> that, you know, that's why the whole Pope in Rome and all that stuff is 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 mess, you know why do you think the Pope's got a throne? Mm. They're trying to you know they they're trying to usurp mm. the throne of 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 Jesus. Um, they're they, you know and by the way that throne of Jesus isn't going to be in Rome. Mm-mm. That throne of Jesus is going to be in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Okay, now maybe you might understand what the uh, crusades what the, uh, crusades were all yeah. about, uh, and we could go into all that right now, but we're not going to. Uh, so again, suffers violence. The Bible says exactly. <laughs> they try yeah. to take it right. So, but, but just think about that Lord's prayer. What it says, and I say the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer really is John, John, 17. John seventeen. Right. Think about that prayer where Jesus teaches us to pray. He says, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, for our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom kingdom come. come. What, what kingdom? Mm-hmm. Kingdom of God? No. Kingdom of heaven. That's what He's talking about. Uh, and he says, give us this day, because uh, look, he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. So what, ironically, <laughs> what Roman Catholics are preaching is for Jesus' kingdom to come. Where he sits on the throne in Jerusalem, completely eradicating. (laughs) And just ironically, you you see that happen in the millennial kingdom of of Revelation chapter 20. It's established. Yes. Mm. Yes. And so, uh, again, you know, you go, the book of Acts is is such a pivotal book uh, to understand from a... uh, if you're really trying to understand the difference between the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, mm-hmm. uh, for one for one thing, there's other reasons why it's a pivotal book too. But understand that the book of Acts is is not a doctrinal book; it's a transitional book. Mm-hmm. It's transitioning from the kingdom of heaven message to the kingdom of God message. Mm-hmm. And if you get that, 
you're going to put yourself in a good, good place to rightly divide this book properly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and what I'll say is, you know, you come into the book of Acts, what happens? Uh, Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven, mm-hmm. and uh, he's having a conversation with his with his apostles, uh, and, and and the apostles ask him, uh, right? Uh, they say, uh, uh, for for uh, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, "Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel?" What what is what are they talking about? They're talking about the kingdom of heaven, and and, and Jesus responds to them. No, sorry, guys. We aren't going to do that anymore. Mm. The program's changed. <laughs> is that what he says? Nope. No. Mm-hmm. What he says what is, is it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Yeah. And by the way, those times and seasons that the Father has put in his own power, that's all those Old Testament prophets. Yeah. They all talked about it. And what's interesting about that passage is um, in verse 3, it says Jesus was speaking to them pertain, uh, the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then we look at verse 6 and and think, oh, those poor dumb disciples, they just missed everything he said. No, they heard everything he said about the kingdom of God. They want to know about the kingdom of heaven, right. the kingdom promised to Israel. Right. So right. so there's right there in Acts 1, there's a difference there. Yeah. And, and, of course, you get, he says... Uh, uh, you know, it's not for you to know right. when the kingdom of heaven is going to come. He says, but mm-hmm. what's going to happen now, folks, is we have a little bit different program going on, going on. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me, uh, both in Jerusalem and in Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. By the way, the book of Acts is broken up in such a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, for, the, for the first seven chapters, they're in uh, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and by the way, that's ten years after the death of Christ. You're you're talking when you get to when you get to the end of chapter seven, you're somewhere around forty two A.D. Right. So people don't understand it. You're ten mm-hmm. years into the church mm-hmm. before the message goes to Samaria. By the way, uh, that's Acts chapter eight. Yeah. Uh, Philip, where does he go? Yep. And when he goes to Samaria, what is he now preaching? Right, the kingdom of God. And by the way, no New Testament epistles had been written at that point. None. <laughs> None. Not the only epistle that has been written at that point uh, is James. Right. And, and, and maybe Jewish. Matthew. Maybe Matthew now. Both uh, Jewish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. And so, uh, so uh, understanding what we just said is pivotal, pivotal is understanding the first seven chapters of, of Acts. Mm-hmm. So many people uh, have erred into thinking Acts chapter 2 was the beginning of the church. No, it was not. Who was it written to? What was the message that Peter had? Peter was talking to the people of Jerusalem, the Jews. <laughs> He's talking to the Jews. And, and what is it that he, what, what was the problem? The Jews had crucified their Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the question was when you get to verse 37 that's what the question is, is what what what, what should we, we do? do? Yep. What should we do what? To be saved? No. No. That would what be, should we I, do about the fact yeah. that we crucified our Messiah? Yeah. And by the way, Peter's perspective when he gives that that whole uh, sermon, if you will, just before that verse, it's very Jewish. He quotes the Old Testament prophet Joel because because what did Peter not see? He didn't see the church age. He was looking at things from the perspective of the Jews and nation of Israel on the day of the could, Lord. Because it still could it have taken place because the Holy Ghost hadn't been rejected. Exactly. Yet. 
So he was looking at it from the correct perspective, but yet we attribute that whole entire thing to the beginning of the church. Yeah. It, it's yeah, just out it of order. What what happened on the day of Pentecost? By the way, the it's day Pentecost. of Pentecost. <laughs> that, who, 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 that the last time I checked, it's a Jewish feast. That has nothing to do with the church. Mm-hmm. That has everything to do with the Jews. It's part of the Jewish feast yeah. of the Lord. Um, you know. So uh, again, uh, what was taking place in Acts chapter one through seven? It's very critical to understand this. Is that the offering of the kingdom of heaven was still there? Mm-hmm. It was still being. Uh, uh, presented, it could have been accepted, it could have taken place, and the, the, the because of their rejection uh, in in Act Seven, that's what moved us into uh, what we may know now as the Gentile Church Age. That's when the Gentiles started to get grafted in. Hence, Peter has that vision in Acts Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he sees that God's now opening the door to the Gentiles as well. He did not do that prior to that. That didn't happen until uh, Acts chapter uh, 8, if because you Because Peter was the, the apostle to the Jews. circumcision. The Jews, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah. And so that'll lead us into our, ke- our conversation on the kingdom of God, with Paul now on the scene preaching the message of the gospel, the gospel of Christ, the kingdom of God, etc. And, and again, are there uh, similarities between uh, what is takes place in the kingdom of God and, and what's going to take place in the kingdom of heaven? Sure. Sure. Of course there is. Because whenever you take a physical and a spiritual and you bring them together, uh, God's still trying to accomplish the same thing, yeah, his makes... glory. Uh, you know, here's a great place that I think uh, would be uh, fantastic for us to finish up, uh, if we can, we, uh, is, is, is uh, Genesis chapter 12. Um, you know, when we're talking about that promise mm-hmm. that uh, God... Uh, made to Abraham. You know, here's the thing that you need to understand about that promise, and it's very relevant to our conversation. The promise that God made to Abraham had a physical promise and a spiritual promise. Mm. The physical promise was that Israel, the descendants of Abraham, was going to, of course, because Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob. Jacob's name turns into Israel. Israel. The covenant yep. passes down uh, to Jacob, and we could go back into Genesis and see that very, very clearly. Okay, but but what was promised to the nation of Israel? Land. Land was. Yeah. Yeah, and and that land is the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. And mind you, at the end of the tribulation, when that millennial reign goes into effect, they will finally have all of that land. All of that all land. Of it, that which they, I don't have right up now. Up to this point, they've never had <laughs> exactly. all of that land. Um, or, so either God's a liar or he, he plans on fulfilling that promise to Israel just as he said he would. But he also promised that all the families of the earth were going to be blessed by the seed. Mm-hmm. And the seed, of course, we're told in Galatians is Christ. So we know who the seed was. And, and, and have all the families of the earth been blessed by the seed? Yes. Through the crucifixion of Christ on the cross, he is spiritually grafted in man into his kingdom of God, his spiritual kingdom. And hence the reason why uh, Jesus talking to Nicodemus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, a man must be born again to see the kingdom of God. How come he didn't say that? A man must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Why? Where's that verse? Because it doesn't make sense now. It's a perfect segue. It's a perfect segue. <laughs> so next time, uh, we'll... Uh, we will pick up with the uh, kingdom of God 
Uh, and uh, certainly, again, as I said, if you have any questions, any, any uh, comments, uh, please uh, feel free to hop on our website and email us, and we would love to answer them. Uh, anything else you want to close with there, Robert? I think that puts a good bow on it. Um, I just personal testimony until just a few years back, being part of this ministry here, always just, I guess, assumed or never knew there was a difference. Um, so if you're out there and this is the first time you're hearing this or you're just really cynical, not cynical, uh, really um, skeptical, I should say, about the things we're saying, you know, search the word because it does bear these things out and, and um, the Lord does so uh, in a very clear way. Yeah, I think the difference between these two kingdoms is really going to come to head as we get into the next uh, episode where we talk about the kingdom of God and why it's so important to know the difference between the two of them. Definitely. All right, well, uh, glad you tuned in, and uh, just make sure you catch our next episode because I think it really will help you kind of put the two, uh, tie the bow on both of them together. Amen. All right, guys, thanks. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us info at onebaptistjacks.world.